guys, welcome to Good Vibes Sunday. So for today, I really wanna discuss uh, home is a root of the soul. So what does this mean? For Adam and myself, we have a motto that we give to our company, which is home is the root of the soul. And what that means is, is that home is not the actual structure that you live in. It's not um, just the house. You know, a house is composed of just tiles and walls and plaster, etc., etc. What really makes a home is you and your family. So today I wanted to go over some pointers about how you can make your home a happy, calm sanctuary for yourself and for your family. I'm going to go ahead and start off by asking the question, how do you feel when you walk into your home? Happy, calm, overwhelmed by that to-do list hanging on your fridge? Um, for me, if you're anything like me, that answer would be anxiety. I used to feel anxiety when I would walk in just because I'm a type of OCD kind of person. So when I would walk in, especially being a designer, I feel like there it's inevitable. You know, I look at spaces in a different way that I feel like most people do. And so because of that, I love everything to be tidy. I like everything to be in order and clean and just very OCD about certain things. And so when Arian would climb, for example, on my white couch, you know, those sticky fingers and, you know, kids being kiddos, it is normal for them to have a space to play and run around. And I didn't learn that until later on. So for me, it would cause me anxiety. And whose fault was that? It was mine for buying a white couch, right? So in the end, I've learned that there's a way to live in your home and to really thrive in it. And I'm going to go ahead and, and discuss that along with all the pressure that comes with social media and having this picture perfect home that just isn't realistic. So follow along and I'm going to go ahead and name some, some pointers for you all. All right, guys, so number one, I want to talk about all rooms are important in your home, even those that are overlooked and unattended, uh, whether it's a space you haven't finished, um, a decorating or painting or a family catch all. It often feels easier to close the door on these rooms and deal with them another day. Um, but unfortunately, they weigh on your unconscious and they zap your energy. Uh, they are essentially a task like left undone, right? So it's like when you haven't done something, it's just like weighing on your soul. Uh, so I always say create harmony by making each space in your home inspiring. Um, so for me personally, uh, when we moved into this house, this home that I live in currently is my family home. I've talked about it plenty of times here and this home had a lot of work to be done, uh, a lot of updating, a lot, a lot of decluttering. And so in particular, there is a room in the home that is a spare bedroom and it has all our stuff that you know we used to stage or just accessories that I've collected over the years. And this room has really become a room that is daunting. Uh, it's really hard to just close the door on it because it's there and I just, I'm aware of it. So I have to go in there still. So see, I'm not telling you all this because <laughs> I don't live by it. Um, I just know that I've got to do it uh, and I'm talking out of experience. So um, but in particular, that room has been really weighing on me. So I'm actually going to be tackling that next week uh, with Adam. So stay tuned for that. <laughs>
Which leads me to my next point, conquering clutter. Um, I always say that clutter produces physical and unconscious chaos. Not only can it leave your uh, mind just in scrambles and not scrambles, jambles, clambles. <laughs> no, but I mean, it really is, um, you know, it's like when you're racing out your door, it can really weigh on you. Even when you're sitting at your desk like 20 miles away, um, it just it just weighs on you. So, and I know that from experience. Um, so I always say, you know, just attack the clutter. Um, and my mom always used to say is that the way you live your life is is reflective on the way your home is. So, you know, it all kind of ties into home is the root of the soul is that, you know, clutter really reflects on, on your personality. It really reflects on your energy. It deprives you of of having that freedom of not having to think about something that's just sitting there in clutter. Um, you know, it's about getting rid of the things that you haven't used. Uh, for, I know myself growing up, I lived in clutter. Uh, my mom would actually say that, but then at the same time, I felt like, you know, our home was always full of things that, you know, growing up during the Great Depression, I always say they, you know, because they didn't have much during that time, when they started to acquire these things, it was really hard for uh, the baby boomers to really let go of a lot of things. Uh, they wanted to kind of keep them around just in case they might need them, or it felt like a guilt for them to just throw these things away or donate them. So for me, and I know even for Adam, we talk about this, um, we both basically grew up in that environment. And so I think that now we're emerging into a minimalist lifestyle where you strip yourself of the obligation of, of obtaining so much that you don't even use. And there's a liberation and a freedom in that. So, and it, I swear it is on a liberation on your mind and on your soul, on your daily life. It reflects your personality and it reflects everything and every aspect of it. So declutter guys. All right, guys. So for number three, color. Yes, color. Color impacts um, you on an emotional level, psychological level, and physical level. I actually learned this in school when I was taking a, a whole class about color <laughs> in my design class, um, but studies have actually shown that color can determine um, your body temperature and it can change even your appetite. Um, it can affect your mood or level of energy and begin to um, just kind of change you. And I always say this, you know, especially when you, when it comes to design, I always say that you ever wonder why when you walk into a certain restaurant or a space that has been professionally decorated or designed, I always say, you know, think about how you feel when you walk in. You know, when I walk into P.F. Chang's, for example, it's like an Asian restaurant that's really moody and dark, you know, kind of dark color palettes and organic um, textures. And I feel kind of zen when I'm in there. I feel kind of, I don't know, it's like a sexy setting. So what I'm saying is, is that was designed specifically to make me feel that way. So color really has a big impact on how you feel. So when choosing colors, Always, I always say this, is choose colors according to how they make you feel. So take them home, test them out in different times of the day. So different lighting, sunrise, sunset, middle of the day. Like always, always take into consideration how the light plays off the color because it does change throughout the day. And if the color stays pretty stagnant um, in the different lightings of the different times of the day, then I say go with that color if it makes you feel good. Um, and I always say this too. 
this is a good pointer I learned from a friend who's also a designer. She says, with small rooms, always emulate sunlight. So sunlight is obviously, you know, cheery and everybody likes sunlight. I mean, that natural light always makes people feel good um, as opposed to cool colors that make people feel a little bit gloomier. So when you're in a small room or you have, let's say, a guest bedroom that's small and doesn't have a big window and it doesn't get a lot of natural light, it's always good to choose colors that emulate light. So something with a little bit of a warmer tone to it would be great. All right, so number four, I say remove the bad mojo. Um, if you've just moved into a new home, make sure you clean your new home with sage. Um, burning sage is like an important practice that I do every single week to cleanse my home from negativity, from just the bad mojo. Um, I always say that the experiences you have in your life or the people you encounter on a daily basis, their energy, it like sits on your walls, on your furniture, on the shelves of your home. Also, if you have memories associated with your couch or pictures on the wall and the associations are negative, these reminders literally can drain you. Um, so be aware of those. Be aware of those items in your home that are associated with like undesirable feelings. Um, by removing these, the bad mojo in the home, um, it'll, you'll be like one step closer to having a more serene space. You'll be one step closer to feeling like there's no bad ties to anything. You know what I mean? So really make an effort to, I always say cleansing with sage is a huge deal because whether you believe it or not, um, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, Austria, burning sage is really going to cleanse my home. But you know, I always say is like, it can't hurt to try, you know, in case it works, it works. Um, you know, and I, I kind of like the smell. Adam really has kind of grown attached to it too. Uh, at first he was like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I remember when I first started doing it, I came in and I'm walking around my house with uh, this uh, little bundle of sage and he's thinking I'm like this crazy wacko person who woke up one day, started burning sage and meditating. <laughs> but you know, honestly, I always say if, it, if it's done with a positive intention, there's no wrong, you know, there's no wrongdoing. So just try it. So how do I burn with sage? All right. So I'm actually going to go ahead and link it below um, so you all can buy the sage if you'd like to buy the one that I buy. Um, but sage is known to, it's an old practice, a Native American practice that is known to clear the air of negative uh, energies and souls, etc. So the way that I go ahead and go about it is I, I burn a tip, the tip of it. So I'll burn just a bit. And I have a, it's kind of like a shell. So I'll link everything below so you guys can have everything you need um, to do it if you're into it. And so what I do is I go ahead and I burn it um, and I walk around each room in my home. So I kind of let the, the smoke penetrate each room. It's not too much, but just enough. And every time I do it, every room I, I access, I, I say a little prayer. I, I have, I set my intention for the room, for the day, for my life, and for my home. So it could be, you know, fill this home with love, remove all negative energy, because like I've said before is you carry a lot of the negative energy of people you encounter on a daily basis. I mean, let's be real, not everybody's the most positive person. Um, and so out there, they're out there with their negative energy and it rubs off on you. So I always say, don't bring that into your home. Uh, leave it at the door and kind of exit it out with some sage. Number five, guys, positive vibes, good vibes only. So 
once again, um, you know, gain awareness of those memories that make your home feel great or the ones that don't make it feel so great and remove those. But the ones that make it feel great, um, bring more of those. You know, the things that make you smile, add more of that into your home. Begin to add items that are fun, um, maybe things that you've collected over your travels or things of your children that they've made for you. I don't know. Whatever it is that makes you feel good and uplifting, add that more, you know? So, I always say religiously light candles and scents that serve your soul and delight you and those around you. Um, There are items that will give you anxiety. (laughs) There really are. So get rid of them. Add only the things that relax you, that boost your energy and inspire you as you move through your home. Um, And I always say this, guys. I love this one. I say be kind and declare your home and um, only good vibes home or uh, declare your home a no bad talking home. You know, there's nothing worse than criticizing. I always say criticizing, gosh, that is the sabotage of human mankind. Like don't criticize, don't talk bad about people, especially in your home. Like I said, it sits on your walls, sits on your furniture, those bad vibes rub off on your children. It's just not a good way to live. So declare your house uh, a gossip-free home, a good vibes home, and say only the things that you feel from the heart and, and declare it that, you know? Tell your little ones, hey, 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 no bad talking, no no saying I hate. You know, I have, I've removed the word hate from Marion's vocabulary altogether. Um, I say just stay, I don't like that. You know, I don't like it, really, really don't like it, um, but don't say hate. It just starts to really create a home of just a, a, a space where everybody's on the same, you know, vibe. Everybody's on the same vibration, so everybody can kind of understand each other and you'll see that when people start to come over they're like god your home feels good you know you guys you guys make this home feel so warm or you know you almost just look at each other like like yeah because we really put in the work we really try to make this home feel and and be a good home you know just like with anything in life i always say that if if everyone in your home is radiating joy love peace then your home will be filled with more of it. Um, you want to get rid of of negativity, of gossip, mistreatment, and arguing. Um, you know this 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 way, all that circulates is pure and goodness, guys. All right, guys. So number six is sanctuary slogan. Um, so for this one, it kind of goes with just really everything in life. Um, I always say a sanctuary slogan is the words that encourage you to have a better life right so the words that you know i see a lot of people do this and they'll put the words kind of like on their walls or they'll put them in art or whatever it is for me personally um i'm not into it i like to do um kind of like things on my office because i feel like where we sit on our desk that's where we focus the most especially when it comes to work right so I like to put words that encourage me or encourage Adam and motivate us. And we kind of declare that, right? So we say, um, we decide what qualities and characteristics and atmosphere we want to create in our home and just in general in our lives. And so we make that available to us to see every single day. So for number seven, nurture nature, guys. Uh, So what this means is, 
incorporate nature into your home, whether it's a turned bowl, a nice wooden turned bowl, um, a fountain, or raw, just raw elements in your home. Because innately as humans, we are designated to, um, to appreciate nature beyond everything. Um, beauty all around us, that's what we strive for. So this is especially true when, you know, you ever, I don't know, it's like when you go outside and you just feel, I don't, for me personally, when I'm out in the garden, that's when I feel my best. That's when I feel like I just am in Zen, right? So when I feel like that is a natural, innate feeling that as human beings, we strive for, we crave it. So why not bring elements of that into your home? It doesn't have to be so overwhelming if you're not into rustic or any of that, but just add some elements into your home that really emphasize it, that really bring that, that nature into your home. Which leads me to number eight, which is plant power. Plant power, guys. You all, if you follow me on Instagram or any of my other social media platforms, then you know how I feel about plants. I love greenery in the home. Uh, Adam and I say our style really, really is about bringing that indoor-outdoor feel into any space. So blurring the line between the inside and the outside, um, which will lead me to my next one, which, <laughs> which is number nine, which is big windows, you know, allowing that natural light. So I'll kind of combine these, number eight and number nine. Number eight being uh, plants and number nine being big windows. So here's the thing, guys. I always say my favorite thing to do is, is put trees in pots. <laughs> so I, if you come to any of my homes, you'll see either banana leaves in pots, um, in baskets, or you'll see olive trees in, in pots, or you'll see any type of tree in pots. It's my deal. I love it. And then you're going to see big windows. I always say add windows. Allow as much natural light into your home. It is good for you. It'll make you feel happier. The plants will cleanse the air in your house. It just adds, the plants really just add a sense of, of life. You know, you, I've had rooms where I'm like, God, there's just something missing and I'll add that plant in or I'll add that tree in the corner and it just brings it to life instantly. So really try to go to your local nursery, pick up a few things that, you know, maybe some trees and pots or maybe just start small if you feel like you don't have much of a green thumb. I've gotten that a lot. A lot of people are like, but I can't do it because I have a black thumb. I can't even keep a succulent alive. And that's okay, guys. Because that's how I started <laughs> until Adam actually taught me. Um, he taught me a thing or two about uh, gardening and, and all of that. Because he grew up with it. I didn't. So, uh, But it's something that you can learn and you can start small. So go ahead and make the effort and bring in some plants. And if you are redoing your home, add some more windows, guys. All right, guys. So number 10, technology zones. So I always say it's important to allocate spaces to play in, rest in, and work in. Um, this will help you unconsciously move from one activity to another with ease and grace, guys. Um, design a layout within your home with uh, designated areas for like different activities. So this creates kind of like an automatic cue to your subconscious, informing you that it is time for a certain activity. <laughs> this will um, this will help you like construct spaces that support balance and harmony. So the, what I'm trying to say here is that, for example. Adam and I, we work a ton. I mean, I've talked about this. That's no surprise. And so what we do is we have a space in our home. We started off first having uh, our office, I guess you can say, because we had that one room, that spare bedroom 
as a storage, basically. Um, we ended up putting our, our office basically in our living room and we just kind of put a desk off in the corner and that's where we were working. And so we decided that that wasn't healthy. Um, I felt like every time I looked at it, you know, I was in the kitchen. We have a really open layout. I mean, our front room, kitchen, um, and dining are all in the same room. I mean, it is really, really open. So it, although it's great, it's also really kind of, it made me anxious because I would be in the kitchen or we would be at the dining room table eating and kind of just relaxing. And I look over and there's our desk and subconsciously it would just remind me of work. And every time I thought of work, then Adam would go over there and just kind of get on the computer just to be on it, you know? And he would start working because it's just we're kind of workaholics. So there was no division of, of spaces and therefore there was no division of time. So what we ended up doing was moving that desk kind of to another area, to a space where we designated just for work and we declared it a just work space. And then we declare Arian's, you know, playroom as just that playroom is for play and then our living room is for living and you know all that stuff and then like our bedroom for example we don't work in our bedroom we don't eat in our bedroom we don't even really watch tv in our bedroom because we we declare it a space for relaxing when we go in there we say okay this is a place where we're gonna sleep we're gonna you know <laughs> and we're gonna just be and, and it's gonna be a really relaxing place so the biggest thing is is just really declaring spaces as what they should be and it kind of subconsciously helps you to move through your home with grace and a harmony. All right guys, so we're almost getting to the end here. We have number 11 and number 12. Now these are my absolute must do's and the most important ones. So please listen close. I say create for number 11, create a me place. Um, so designating a place for you to disconnect just for a moment every single day um, from everybody, um, from everyone, you know. So it's just a place that's for you. Now, you might be like, Austria, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds great in theory, but I don't have a space just for me or I don't have the time just for me. Um, and I always tell people, you know, if you don't have 10 minutes for yourself, you don't have a life, you know? So, you know, maybe wake up a little earlier or maybe right before bed, go to a place that is of your, of your own. And this might be, I always, um, I always tell Adam, I want him to build me, <laughs> um, uh, a small gazebo outside under my favorite tree that I grew up climbing. And it's a eucalyptus in the corner of our yard. And I want a gazebo over there. I want that to be my space. But for now, I don't really have a space. I will either sit in our little reading nook um, or the best place for me, I always say, is a bathtub or a shower. It's the place that I do my best thinking and it's a place where I just kind of doze out. I exit everybody out of my life. I turn off my phone and I give myself that time to really just be, be still, just kind of reflect um, and just be by myself. Take a few breaths just to like get myself right. So... This could be a hammock outside under some trees, you guys. This could be a bedroom. This could be anywhere, but it should be a space in your home. And if I'm telling you, if you don't have the space, just make it your bedroom or make it your um, your bathtub or wherever it is uh, that you can designate for yourself and declare it a me spot for you, especially you moms that need just a, a tiny break away from everyone to kind of recharge your batteries. 
do it. I'm telling you, it will make the biggest, those 10 minutes a day will make the biggest, biggest transformation in your life ever because it really recharges you to really get back to it and kind of tackle it full force um, and just take on the daily tasks that we all have. All right, guys, number 12, last but not least, certainly, um, is it's okay. Hey, it's all right. (laughs) What this is, is take a breath. Okay, it's all right. Um, You know, a lot of moms especially put so much pressure on themselves to make their home so perfect. Whether it's, and and this is me, I'm telling you, I, especially being a designer, um, I had put so much pressure on myself to make my home this magazine perfect space that was completely unrealistic. Let's face it, I have a 10-year-old, 10-year-old now, but I mean, a a few years ago, he was six, seven, five, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's unrealistic, and as a designer, of course, I like nice things, so I would get a nice, beautiful couch that was white, and like I said, he would put his sticky fingers, and I found myself working harder and having more and building up more anxiety over time because I wanted him just not to touch anything, and that's not fair. He lives there, you know, he's my son, he's our little boy, and he should have a place where he could play and and mess around. Now, does this kind of go against what I'm saying about designating spaces? Sure. I mean, a living room shouldn't be a jungle gym either, you guys, but I'm saying that if he wants to lay there and we all kind of curl up on the couch and watch a movie, I mean, I'm telling you, I would get anxiety even with that because (laughs) he would bring his popcorn over and I'm telling you, those buttery sticky fingers would get on everything so what i'm saying i guess here is guys is that with social media today especially okay and i'm guilty of this too because i've built up quite a bit of anxiety myself just by seeing especially when i follow designers who i admire and who i've made friendships with um that you see their homes and they're so perfect i'm going to give you guys actually a really good example a really good friend of mine um, who I've created this awesome friendship through Instagram with, um, she had posted a post of a beautiful space in her home. And being a designer, I mean, she did an awesome job. Place was extremely clean, obviously. And a comment below, so a person, I think it was a woman who was a mother, and she commented saying, you know, you know, you guys should post more homes that are realistic and um, kind of show the mess of your kids and stuff like that. So what I say with this, you guys, is that it kind of goes hand in hand with with everything I'm saying in the sense that here's the thing. She's a designer. Her job is to design homes. Her job isn't to address anybody's insecurities, right? So when someone's going to go and comment, it just this. The, I'm going somewhere with this, you guys. What I'm saying is this woman who commented on her post saying, show more of a real home, or what, that just shows overall the, the anxiety that women build over having these picture-perfect homes. And now, it's not to say that my friend is responsible for this. It's not. It, she's a designer, so she chooses to use her Instagram as a form of marketing, as a form to show, you know, not the mess she creates, but the homes that she creates, these beautiful spaces that could inspire you or, or others to, to be able to emulate these beautiful homes and so or to, you know, decorate your own homes. So what I'm saying here is, is that it just kind of 
dawned on me when I read that comment, I was just like, gosh, everybody feels so insecure about their homes. And, you know, coming from a place where perhaps she doesn't have her home clean all the time. And so she's getting angry about um, her posting this beautiful space that was not dirty. Um, so what I'm saying is that, that I guarantee that, that, that a lot more people feel that way than just this one woman, you know? So I say, take the pressure off yourself about what you see on social media. It's not real guys. A lot of it isn't, you know, maybe some designers will have their home like that, but that is their job. They live, eat, breathe this stuff. So it doesn't mean that they need to offend anybody. It just means that that is their job and that's how they live. And so it's their job not to show it because they are showing the best side of what they do for a living. You know, they do this for a living, guys. This is what they make their money off of. It's not real. So this goes with fitness. This goes with um, shopping. You know, there you got those bloggers who are fashionistas. Um, fitness, like I mentioned, the perfect bodies, etc. A lot of these people get paid for this, you guys. So it, it should it should be obvious to a lot of more people that this isn't just for real. It's not real life. So don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Just work towards bettering your home and creating spaces that are functional. Okay. So organization, decluttering, all the things I mentioned are really important, valuable points into really taking that step, that first step into creating a home that you can thrive in. And that should be the ultimate goal. You know, going back to home is the root of the soul. What does this mean? I'm going to tell you guys where we got this motto from. It came from when Adam was playing baseball, him and I had no home. So we were like gypsies. I would say we lived the gypsy life and we traveled around everywhere. He was back and forth. We never had a house. So, and, and he was all over the country, guys. So I always say is that when he came home, he, we finally had a home because dad was home, you know? So wherever dad was at that moment, whatever team he was on, whatever state he was in, that's where home was to me and to Arian. So I always say home is the root of the soul because it, it doesn't have to be a house. It could be a memory. It could be a person. It could be a book. It could be a dream. It could be anything. It could be a child. Um, you know, I always say a photo. So it's those things that create a home, not just the house. The house is just a structure. A house is just a structure. It's what you bring to it that makes it a home. So you guys, I'm going to leave you with that. Um, and I really hope that I was able to kind of help you guys get started on this new year. I mean, it is the first week in and I felt like I ran a race. I felt like I sprinted through this first week. It felt real quick. Um, but here we are at the end of it. And I'm here wishing you all the best year yet for all of you. I have a feeling 2018 is going to be a good year for everybody. So tune on in next week and I'll see you then. Good vibers. Wait, don't go yet. So I actually wanted to talk about how I said the Great Depression. So <laughs> this is funny because me and Adam talked about this. And what I meant by that is that our parents' parents went through the Great Depression. And so while they were during or during that time, um, they went through a time of obviously being deprived of things. So our, our parents grew up, you know, coming out of that, um, having parents who were deprived. So they were taught to 
create clutter and to hold on to things. And it started to kind of carry on and carry through the years. And so I say that that reflects on us. And we're the new generation, especially as millennials, we are minimalist. We're, we're growing into this new emerging uh, lifestyle that promotes having a more minimalist home or just life in general. So I wanted to kind of come back to that, guys. I I know my history. I promise. Adam and I have talked about this before, so I just wanted to address that, but uh, I caught myself. So anyway, see you guys next week.